You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, hello. Welcome to the GFR show. I am so glad you are here. And if this is your first time with us, you are in for a treat. Or maybe you're here because you know exactly who I will be interviewing. Before I introduce you to her, I have a couple questions I want to ask you. And this is how we often kick off our shows, kind of helps you create some context for what you're about to hear. So here's the two questions. One is, have you ever been anxious? The other question is, do you suffer from anxiety? And I have, and our guest today shares how her early childhood experience led to her being a very high functioning person with anxiety. And I relate to this, y'all. When I was In my 20s, I had already been in corporate America for about 15 years because I started working when I was an undergrad. And at the age of 28, I was suffering with migraine headaches that would last sometimes two weeks at a time. I had all kinds of other physical problems and I had anxiety. I was actually diagnosed with anxiety. And I thought, okay, I'm going to leave the corporate world because I was laid off three times in two years. And I thought, okay, universe, I get it. I'm leaving the corporate world. I'm going to start my own business. And I thought that was going to fix everything. And little did I realize that my anxiety was not going anywhere because the the cause of it was not my job. (laughs) Of course, it was how I was relating to the world, how I was processing. And so I really relate to a lot of what Lillian shares about her early childhood. So our guest, I, I dropped her name. So her, our guest is Lillian So. She is a delight. And this was our first time meeting. And I just like want to run up to San Francisco and like hang out with her. And we would just have such a blast. We had so many great laughs. And she is just so expressive and fun and thoughtful and insightful. And so here's a little bit about her. She is the Korean-American daughter of immigrants. She was actually born in Chicago. And she is the founder of SoFit San Francisco and the So Method. And what I know is that she's passionate about building community, particularly around the Asian community and women of color. And she's all about creating psychological safety, which is just so beautiful. She is the international best-selling author of the book, So Empowered, and she calls herself an integrator and facilitator of transformation. Now, what you're going to learn from her today is that her upbringing in her Korean-American culture or in her Korean culture was really the source of a lot of suffering for her. And really, she says that she just never felt like she belonged. And rejection was a lot of what she felt at an early age. Now, she shares with a lot of humor. And you know me, I love to laugh. So we're going to share some heavy things in a lighthearted way. And and one heavy thing I want to share with you that she shared with me 
and I was shocked to hear this, is that Korea has the highest suicide rate among developed nations in the world for like the past two decades. I had no idea about this. And it's like twice what the suicide rate is in America. And of course, we all know that that's pretty out of control. Oh, my gosh. And so I feel like I better understand what young people in that culture experience, what women experience in that culture. And you all know that I already am very passionate about being conscious of the impact of diet culture on me and my fat phobia and all that. And this takes it to like the 10x level. What else do I want you to know about her? She is, <laughs> she has this lovely philosophy that I very much resonate with, which is the more you heal, the better everything else gets. And she walks her talk. And she now for over a decade has developed this amazing community around the SoFit SF and the So method. And it's just, I could just, I said to her, I feel like Asian Americans must feel like finding you is like, you know, like finding water in a desert because she is so refreshing in her just support and acceptance of people figuring out their path. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for you to meet her. Without further ado, Miss Lillian So. Lillian So, welcome to the GFR show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Me too. I am too. And so y'all, I want you to know, I don't know Lillian at all. And it's not, it's not I don't know, maybe like 10% of our guests, I really don't know. But I trust when people, someone recommends somebody to me, and then I kind of check them out and I follow my intuition. And Lillian was definitely one of those people. And we've already became fast friends in our, in our prior prep green room conversation. So I'm super excited for this. Yes. Let's, let's rock and roll. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So I loved reading about your story and like how your business came to be birthed, you know, and of course here on the GFR show, we got all kinds of drama, trauma, and, you know, profound life experiences that, that birth businesses. And oftentimes we spend so much time talking about the business and like your expertise, which we'll, we'll for sure touch on that. And then our GFR squad gets the real, the real dish on that. I would love to hear the, the story. I mean, I would love to hear, you know, how you came to be, you know, the person and the professional, the expert that you are now in the, in the space that you hold now. So where do you want to start? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, every time I get asked this, I'm like, where do I start? Like, do I, <laughs> like how far back do I, I go? I say, go far. Let's go far. And I'll yeah. jump you forward if I feel like, you know. Like, yeah, go totally, far. totally. Well, I think just to lay, you know, a little bit of context, I think first things first, it's probably, it's not probably, but it's very important for me to first start with, you know, how I identify myself and, you know, what I, what I, you know, resonate with and and what I identify with. And so I'm a daughter, I'm the first born daughter of Korean immigrant parents. And I was born and raised in Chicago and my parents are from Korea and my mom is from Seoul and my dad is from Busan. Wow. And they met in Chicago and they they had me. (laughs) Yeah, they did meet in Chicago. They actually met through my dad's sister, Angela. And so it's like, you know, this cute little family thing. They met in Chicago and then, and then I was their firstborn daughter. So first things first, you know, I'm here are two, you know, Korean immigrants, you know, meeting in the city after, you know, my mom actually speaks really, really great English. She was in and out of the States all the time growing up as a child, but my, you know, my dad's like full-blown, like immigrated and, And, you know, we did have some family members here and there that would visit. We had some like aunts, uncles passing by, you know, various, you know, throughout my life. And I just remember there was a certain point in my childhood. I'm talking like as early as like seven, eight, nine. I started to notice a lot of talk and a lot of feedback from 
Asian family members from my Korean family members about how, you know, like they would always comment on my size and they would always comment on how tall I was and how big I was and how heavy I was. And then it was like, as I started getting a little bit older, I'm talking like as I started getting closer to eight, nine, 10, that was when it was getting more and more apparent that there was something wrong with me. And there was a lot of conversations about like, should she really be eating that? Should she have a bowl of rice? Like, and then, and then I had a step grandma who was like a whole nother can of worms. She, (laughs) she came around and, and I remember I rarely saw her around, but like the few times I did, she always made comments about how my poor mother had to carry me around because I was so big. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm I'm feeling such compassion for little Lillian right now. I'm like, I must've been like, I mean, I must've been like a giant baby in her (laughs) eyes. Like literally I must have been a ginormous baby in her eyes because she was literally like your poor mother. And she would just say it with this, like kind of like shitty pity kind of, she kind yeah. of has like this cunty thing about her. I'm not going to yes. lie. Like it's a whole Girl, thing. <laughs> say it. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We got a whole thing with step grandma, but anyways, but yeah, she'd always, she always, and she still does it to this day. <laughs> to really? This, yes. Oh, oh like, my God. Literally, God bless her for still being alive. Let's just right? say that. I know, right? <laughs> to this day, I literally saw her. I think when I was in Korea the last time, probably like 2019, you know, before COVID, and we were having lunch or something. Yeah, it was like 2018 or 2000. It was the last time I saw her. And she, even at that time, we were eating a meal and she was like, oh, yeah. She's like, I just remember watching your mom and she'd have to carry you around and you were just so big. And I'm like, why the fuck are you bringing this up, lady? Like, Jesus, like, thank God I've done enough work at this point in my life that like, you I'm not laugh really, at her. <laughs> yeah, that I can laugh at it, you know, but I mean, it was it was clearly a thing. And, and, and just for a little more context behind that, my grandpa, who is in Korea, my mom's dad, this is a step-grandma I'm talking about, he remarried after my grandma passed, my maternal grandma passed. So they actually have an orphanage in Korea. And yeah, my, it's my, wow. my, my grandpa's like a literal, a literal OG. He is a fucking gangster for Christ. <laughs> Gangster for Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like literally he's like a, he's like a pastor. I call him like the Billy Graham McCree. He's got all these crazy pictures in his like office with like him and like Obama and all these like world leaders. And yeah, he's he's like a whole, it's a whole deal. And, you know, he like, you know, started the orphanage by rescuing like North Korean refugees and like it's wild. And so, you know, they have an orphanage and they have all these like babies, you know, and so, I, you know, so I'm just imagining like, oh, my God. And, and then it makes me laugh because I'm like, I probably was a giant baby, you know, but <laughs> she's probably like thinking, you know, she's probably see all, sees all these like little small children at the orphanage all the time. And she must have just thought I was just that are probably, you know, not have the best origin story and are maybe not super healthy. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I just think she just saw me as just this monstrosity. I, and, and I use these exaggerated words because that's what it felt like receiving that as a as a as a kid right i'm like oh my god i must be a fucking monster yeah. oh poor lily a little lily i know so yeah and so so you know these were these memories of like and then th- this explains so much with how we end up having such like body dysmorphia and like so many like body image issues and things like that. Right. Because somebody else is like projecting their own, whatever on you. And meanwhile, you're just like a kind of like a normal, healthy kid, you know, in the States, you know, by like Western standards. Right. And so anyways, it's just wild. So well, my my mom worked for Weight Watchers for most of my life, most wow. of my childhood. So, yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Was she about that point life? Did she raise y'all on that point life? You, you know, almost, almost, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, she worked. She was on Weight Watchers and like a huge fan, obviously, before she started working for them and lost right. weight. And so that was like totally in my 
you know, in my field of like, oh, she wasn't happy with herself and this so that she went on this diet thing. And then she started working for them and she was like one of their top, you know, leaders in New Jersey at the time. And, you know, so she wasn't like a, like a Nazi Weight Watcher, you know, like she wasn't like, like how many points is that? You know, like she right. people at the ice cream, local ice cream shop and they'd be like hiding from her and she'd be like, listen, really, you like, it's okay. Right. You know? But it was still right. There's still a narrative like diet culture. It's so fucking it's looming it, that, yeah. you know, and then coupled with your own cultural layer. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's like always looming. So, so yeah. So I think that I got very conscious and self-conscious. Yeah. I got very conscious and self-conscious of my appearance in general at a very, very early age. And as we were talking about earlier, to tie it back to why I started with my identity and being Korean American and whatnot, you know, it was also very tied to like cultural expectations because it wasn't just like, oh my God, there's something wrong with the way you look, but also like our people do not approve of that. Right. right. Like our wow. people like expect you to be half that size. Our people like as a queen, like this is what we look like and this is what you should look like. And you're way too big compared to what we see as beautiful, dainty, feminine, et cetera, et cetera. So like those images of, of who I was that was being reflected back to me was very skewed at a very young age. So this is to me what ultimately started it all because I got into, speaking of dieting, I got into dieting and exercise at a way too young age. I'm talking like 11 years old. By 11, I was already full blown in it. I was like, wow, you know, binge dieting, eating, purging, whatever the hell, you know, like trying crazy things, just so preoccupied and so concerned about my appearance and how I look. And, and I remember like analyzing like photos of myself and like what I look like in clothes and how much, like, I didn't like the way I looked at like, and this was even without social media, right? Yeah. These would be, these would be (laughs) from literally seeing photos that were printed on film after we'd go on family vacations. Wow. And I would like look back at these photos and I have those memories of like, oh my God, I was like nine or 10 in that photo. And I remember being at that age and being like, ah, I look so chubby, you know, and things like that. I've had that. I've had that experience too, looking back at photos where I know that I was criticizing my body at the time. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, she's just so fine. She's just good. She's perfect. You know, (laughs) totally. Yeah. And I look back on that too, all the time. And I'm like, I don't think I was ever like, I, I genuinely, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can see there. I, I, I was really tall at one point, which is totally weird. I mean, <laughs> I have a classroom photo of like when I was like in fourth grade and I'm in the back row in the middle. Hmm. I'm like the peak of the class photo, which is so bizarre, <laughs> you know? And, and like, yeah, at like 11 <laughs> or like fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and I remember like, yeah. And, and I always joke now because I'm like, oh, wow. Like everything just sprouted so fast and stopped, you know, like I literally like hit my peak at like 12. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, probably explains a lot of disproportionate sizing, sure. you know, in your early years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because like things were sprouting so quickly. And, yeah. And I, I guess like in hindsight, I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, I guess I could see why folks would be like, what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> What are you why is she, like, yeah, like, why is she so big? But it all just kind of leveled out after a while. <laughs> so. Yes, but those seeds were planted and that's how you, yeah, how exactly. you chose your car- career ultimately. Yeah. Right? And that's, and so that is where I started, you know, dieting, exercising, et cetera, got really into that and then got super into fitness. Luckily, I really got into sports because I was always a a tomboy as well. So that, you know, that was a whole nother thing too, but being a tomboy and like not being ladylike enough. So it's like, it was all the ways that I was falling short of like the right way to do things. Right. Like I was, I was already wrong by being too big. I mean, like, this is really fucked up. If you think about it, it's like, I was already wrong. Like I didn't have a chance, right? Like I was already just not enough or good enough or right enough. And so already from the time I was a child, I'm like, I'm already the wrong size. I'm already the wrong weight. Right. I'm already the wrong, like whatever the way I show up. Right. And, and, and all the things that I was into and and the way that I dress and like my whole demeanor, everything, my essence was just wrong. Like what's wrong with you? Why aren't you more ladylike, et cetera. So, so yeah, so I was, you know, because I was a tomboy, I was really into sports. You know, I like playing basketball. I like going to, I like playing, I 
started playing street ball at a really young age. I liked mm. hanging out with the boys. You know, that was just who I was. And so between sports and fitness and all that, like they started eventually merging in high school. And that was when I started understanding fitness and beyond just fitness dieting as a way to lose weight and to like control your body. It now became about sports performance and improving and being excelling in sports, which was really godsend for me, actually, because that was to me where I started making the turn towards a more healthy understanding of why I'm doing these things, why I care so much about nutrition. So it became less about exercising and dieting Let's for simplicity. It, it became less about doing that to fix and control my body. And it became more about like me seeing what I'm capable of. Right. And so then it became more about like, oh, I want to see if I can like do a pull up. Oh, I want to see how heavy I can lift. Oh, I want to see how ripped I can get. So then that started to shift into sports performance and bodybuilding and then And then that's when I was like, I started actually nerding out and wanted to study it and, you know, got into exercise science and got my degree in that. And and then that kind of started to move things in more of a career direction. Yeah. And isn't, I mean, and like the story could end there, right? We'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Like that's your career. And, you know, that's what got you into that. And, and we know that's not just spoiler alert. You know, we know that's not where it ends up. And it's so easy to see how like it's such a it's so pervasive in our culture to focus on fitness and diet and all that that it's like awesome yay you made that your career you know that's great you know you took that interest <laughs> you know that was mm-hmm. thrust upon you you know and right, made it right. a career yeah so it's i mean it's awesome that like you said in in high school it kind of came together with a different context around around sports and had it be less about the cultural norms and, you know, versus the sports. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it started, it started to, you know, really shift for me as I started studying it. And then, and then I started working, you know, more seriously in gyms and starting to help other people. I mean, I think, you know, from sports, it kind of, you go into team and you're working together and you're giving each other pro tips. And then what was your sport, by the way, I played basketball and softball. Wow. And so, yeah, they're all team sports. Right. So then you're like, you know, kind of sharing tips and things like that. And then eventually I got, and then I became more and more interested in like the science behind, you know, building muscle and getting faster and more flexible and things like that. And started like helping other people like learn things too. And that was kind of like what segued into more of the career stuff. But like you were saying earlier, it definitely did not end there. That while it may have started to be the end of doing fitness and nutrition to heal my wounds around, you know, body image and acceptance around like that, it was also the beginning now of manifesting a whole nother can of worms around anxiety, you know, high functioning anxiety, you know, Mm. career pressure, achievement pressure. And it just kind of, you know, now opened up a whole nother can of worms, you know, and that was what led me now to where I'm at kind of now, which I feel like is like my second life or my rebirth, you know, post fitness career, like where I'm at now doing more of the integrative work and the healing work and now integrating it with more of the the psychology and the coaching and the therapy work and all that stuff. How did you figure out that you were like burnt out? I started getting paranoid (laughs) and like, so the anxiety was being heightened. Yeah. 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 To the point where I noticed it. I think when I first realized that I was burning out, I didn't realize I was burning out until my brother named it. Hmm. So After I took off in my fitness career, which I had a lot of success at a very young age, I hit some ceilings and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give myself another challenge. I'm going to move out to California and start all over. If I can make it out there, I can make it anywhere. So fast forward going fitness career, had a lot of success, move out to San Francisco to kind of give myself another challenge, starting all over from scratch. I'm hustling. I'm doing my thing. I just kind of threw myself into the deep end by like giving myself a new challenge because I'm kind of like that, you know, my clients would 
this is when I would say to my clients, you know, these are like Aries rising problems. I don't know if y'all are into astrology or your communities into astrology, but I'm a Leo with an Aries rising. And so I can be very dramatic and impulsive. <laughs> and so, you know, I just kind of suddenly moved, uprooted my life. I was like, I need a new challenge, you know, and came out here, started all over, not really knowing what I was actually getting myself into. And I just, you know, off to the races and I started getting paranoid. I don't know how else to describe it. I started suddenly replaying conversations in my head. Like that's just kind of like the first moment I started noticing something was like wrong with me. Cause it was like, this is odd. I, I don't feel like I was ever like this before. I started replaying conversations in my head. I started getting like really self-conscious, like of like, Oh, what I did, what I said, Oh, should I not have said that? Oh, maybe I should have said, Oh, I wonder what they're thinking about me. And I was never really like that in my head. I was as much as I had like the body image stuff growing up and, and whatnot, like I got to a point, there was like a baseline confidence that I always had yes. and like, and like a self-trust that I always had. And I think that's like, shout out to my Leo son. You know, I'm like, I, I think that was always, I always had that. Yeah. And so when I started noticing that I was getting more paranoid and like replaying conversations, I was like, Oh, I thought that was kind of odd. And then it started affecting my sleep. And then my mind would start racing and I couldn't sleep. And then I would try to, you know, I would try all these different things and then, but it was like getting worse. My insomnia was getting worse. And I was just getting more and more like wound up and anxious. And one night I finally was uncontrollable. And I just, I don't know. I just like felt like I was going to explode, like physically, emotionally, like my, I felt like I was crawling out of my skin and I was like, a, my thoughts were going a million miles per hour. And I, and I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I just, I, my chest started beating and I, and I couldn't stop crying and I couldn't like pinpoint it to any one thing. I was like, what? I literally was like, what the fuck is happening to yeah, me right yeah. now? Like, like, what wow. is like what's the story connected to what I'm experiencing right now? <laughs> Could not figure it out. And I, I don't know why, but like my intuition was like, call your brother. I call my little brother who I consider like my baby brother. Right? I call my little brother and I'm like, dude, I don't know who else to call right now. I'm like freaking out. You know, I don't really have any friends out here yet in San Francisco. I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out. I tell him all my symptoms. And he's like, dude, it's okay, Lily, like relax. You're, you're having a panic attack. I was like, what? <laughs> a panic attack? Like, I don't have those. And he was like, yeah, dude, like, it's all good. I, I get these all the time. <laughs> I was like, you oh, get nice. These? Oh, good. I was like, you get these all the time. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> That's fucked up. Okay, we're going to save that for another day. But yeah, yeah. put a pin in that. Right Let's focus on me right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, that was literally my thought process. I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. This is intense. And, you know, and all I remember is him just kind of talking me off the ledge and eventually just having a very like sibling get real with you moment that was like, you know, five words or something like that. It felt like five words. He was like, if you're so miserable there, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, why don't you just come back home? Because to him, it's like, you would only have a panic attack if you're like somehow miserable in some way, shape or form. Like something is wrong, right? Stop, like baby brother, stop being so damn logical. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's a Capricorn. He's a very logical dude. You know, he, and he's just like, if you, like you, if you, whatever is going on in your life, if you got to this point yeah. where you feel like this, something is not working. And, and, that, I, and that idea for you was a mind blowing idea. Yes. Like he was connecting very logical dots, but for yes. you, the version of you at the time, you're like, what do you mean things aren't working? Like what, like you like that you couldn't even yeah. go there. Couldn't right. even get to a narrative of like, looking around your life and not, yeah, something is not working. Right. Not until that moment. I knew that some things weren't working, right? Because, because what led to him saying that was, I was like, I was saying like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know about this place. Like, I just, I can't connect with anyone. I'm having a hard time finding friends, which is also part of the reason why I created what I have today with my community and whatnot. But, you know, I named a couple of things. I was like, I don't know. Like, I just like, I don't get it out here. I was like, I, oh my God, I'm going to go there. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know about fucking San Francisco. It feels like everyone's a fucking dork out here. I was like, I don't know about this. I'm not meeting anybody cool. There's no cool wanna, people here. Yeah, exactly. Now, I just want to say there are 
a lot of amazing people in San Francisco. This is just where I was at at that time. Right. And now you're back that you are now. Right. You know, like it was the environments I was in. I was just like I was I was striking out on the friend dates. I was going on tons of horrible friend dates. You know, I was just I was just I was just going through a rough time, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I don't get it. You know, I was like, fuck this place. I don't I don't get it. And then at that point, and that was when, you know, my brother was like, well, if you're so miserable, like, you know, like something is clearly not working. And and yeah. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I was like, wow. I, I Well, now when you put it that way, like, I don't know if I want to come back home. Well, I don't know if I want to come back home like that. OK, yeah, did so it feel like a fail. I'm assuming it felt like some kind of failure. I felt like if I was going to go back home, I would I was failing somehow like like that. I like didn't figure it out. Yeah, because you gave yourself the challenge. You kind of created right. this challenge for yourself and yes and just assumed you'd conquer it like you had it every other challenge exactly and your exactly. brother saying if it's not working come home be like what do you mean it's not working i'm just having a whatever a, a hard time. time right right yeah. and coming home would be a step back totally yeah exactly so i was like when he said that i was like oh well what i i can't i can't do that and it was just it just kind of it just made me pause it just made me pause and it made me really stop and think about like, yeah, what am I doing here then? If I'm that miserable, do I really want to go back home? Is that really what I need to do right now? And I paused and I thought about it. And I think at that point I probably did book a trip to go back home. Cause at that point I think I was really burned out and I hadn't been home since I moved to San Francisco and I was just like all gas, you know, no breaks. Yeah. For like a couple years. And so I did book a trip home, but it really started making me like reassess what I was doing with my life, who I was hanging out with, what I was putting out there. And it really made me feel like there was this like intuitive voice in my head that said, it's time. Mm. And what that means and what that meant to me was it's time for you to get help. It's time for you to figure out what's happening underneath the hood. It's time for you to address what is driving you, how you got here, why you're repeating these mistakes. It's time for you to understand yourself at a much deeper level because going home is not the answer here. That I know. And I felt that that was my intuition. I was like, no, that's not the answer. And so if going home is not the answer, going back home to Chicago is not the answer. But what I'm experiencing right now in San Francisco isn't it either. There's something here in the middle that is the actual problem. And it's it's me. (laughs) (laughs) And I need to figure that out. The common denominator here is like, okay, like I, I can I can work on this. I need to figure this out. And so that was where I just started like feeling like I needed to start changing some things and start taking care of myself in a different way. And so, you know, that was like where I started thinking about those things. And I can't remember exactly what the timelines are, but I do remember going back home and like kind of reconnecting to myself and being like, oh yeah, that's right. Like, this is who I am. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm so much fun, you know, like I'm like so smart. Like I like, wait, I know who I am. And I just like needed to reconnect to myself. I just lost myself in working and trying to get everything set up here. Well, it's interesting to go home to where the, I'll call it dysfunction. Original trauma. Original trauma (laughs) happened, right? It's Mm. interesting to go home to where the original trauma happened and have that be a place where you remember who you are, right? There was something about being in that context where you grew up always being different. Like you just, that was your narrative is like, I'm different. I'm a tomboy, whatever. That doesn't even... Right. Not, not, not even such a thing anymore, but exactly. You know, I was yeah, right. I was, you know, I'm a tomboy and I'm taller and, you know, all these things that, that had you feel different. And now you're back there and you, that, that context helps you remember who you are. 
Yeah. It's like so bizarre. I also, you know, like did a lot of like my favorite things, right? Like I like went and, you know, ate my favorite foods and like saw my best friend and like, you know, spent some time with people who just remind me of like who I am. Cause I'm like yeah. comfortable and like vulnerable and authentic and, and so forth. And so, you know, I think I remember kind of really feeling like, oh, wow, that was really medicinal. I, I never experienced going back home quite like that before in my life up until that point, because, you know, prior to that, you know, like, yeah, I went, I went away for college, but it was like a two and a half drive away from Chicago. Like I went to U of I in Urbana-Champaign. I mean, it was fucking cornfields. That was a whole, (laughs) that was a whole nother world, (laughs) but it wasn't flying across the country. Like it was still accessible to go back home. So this was the first time I like really, really, really like threw myself into a, you know, a blue ocean and, you know, and just kind of saw like how I just so easily lost myself in the grind of wanting to like, you know, start, you know, restart my business and like forgetting like how much that I need to actually take care of myself in order to like flourish. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I think that's after, what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then I, yeah. So then I came back to, you know, San Francisco and I think it was all kind of happening around that same time anyways, but I started finding what I would call now, like my team of wizards to start helping me take care of myself. Because what happened was that burnout moment also happened almost around the same time that I was starting to like get more and more financially stable in my career as well. So it's like, I, I did, I like really, 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 really pushed myself to lay down a new foundation in San Francisco but I also burned myself out in the process. Yeah. And so it was like all these things were culminating at once. It's like, okay, like I'm like finally starting to feel like I'm getting some kind of like footing here, but I'm also burning myself out like crazy. Right. So at a certain point, like it has to like level out. And so at that point I just started, you know, I was like, okay, I'm like not like in dire survival mode anymore where I'm like starting from zero business because that's another thing too, right? Like I've so much of, you know, coming to San Francisco and starting a a whole new life out here was also rebuilding my business from the ground up too, rebuilding my business of, you know, like personal training and group fitness classes and like all that, because. Which is physically demanding. Which is extremely, right? I'm driving all over a brand new city, getting parking tickets left and right. (laughs) And teaching, physically teaching classes, I imagine, right? Yeah, literally going from one club to another. Yeah. It was was madness. And so how did you begin to extract yourself from that? I think first things first, I just started squeezing in sessions for myself. Like in between, I just made it happen. So I still had that nutty madness schedule, but I started squeezing in now seeing an acupuncturist regularly. Then I started squeezing in going to therapy regularly. Right. And so like, as I made more time for me, I started to loosen my grip on all the other things that were burning me out, which makes like perfect sense. Yes. So basic and cliche, but it's like literally as simple as I finally started pouring back into myself. (laughs) Right. I know. I know. Yeah. So like then I was able to like not rocket science. <laughs> yeah, right. I was finally able, I finally started pouring my own cup, you know. So I, you know, didn't really like, you know, so I was like, I started removing some of the cups that didn't really serve me in, in my life. And the more I started spending time like talking about myself in therapy, you know, getting treatments from an acupuncturist, an Eastern medicine doctor who can help me understand some my fatigue and stuff at a more holistic level. Yes. Right. Of like helping understand like, oh, you know, like your emotions, your energy, your expectations and how that affects your health and blah, 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 blah. That helped me just start to kind of have a bigger understanding of like what the fuck I was doing to myself. Yeah. And, and because you love to like, you're a geek for like how the body works and all that. I imagined you, you threw yourself into really understanding all that. Exactly. It was like the other side of really understanding, like, not just like how to like be fit and perform, which I had no problem doing that, but it was also now like, oh, there's this whole like healing, balancing 
you know, finding your truth and balance thing to this. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, which was mind blowing for me. And so it was it was really as I started getting really into that, you know, I started paying it, getting more mindful, taking, you know, better care of my body. I was never really like injured during all that time because I knew how to take care of myself at a, at a very physical level. But the burnout to me was like, I was like bursting at the seams, like emotionally and mentally and spiritually really. And of course, physically too, but that was really what was missing in a major way. And so that was where I started making all those turns. Things started shifting a little bit. And then I got into, I got into yoga, like for real, for real. I mean, I had always done yoga since, you know, at some point in my fitness career as well. And I loved it, but I started really getting into it as a student of the philosophy behind yoga, not just the asana, not just the physical practice, because the physical practice, it's like, I got that. Like, that's, I don't need, like, to me, yoga is not about just the postures. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's not just about the shapes that I'm going to make with my body. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to understand like what, is behind all this and and what what is the method to madness yeah, that like that, that was is your gateway into yeah. the spiritual and energetic right and then that obviously changed my life because yes. being the physical person that i was now i understood all of this other mental emotional spiritual like energetic intention behind the physical practice of yoga and i was like oh my god everything makes sense everything makes <laughs> sense like the whole universe just clicked for me you know it was <laughs> like it was just mind blowing and i was like what like i need to teach everybody <laughs> how it's all connected. My mind is blown. And so that was the yoga was like the, it was like the gateway to like all things. Beautiful. Like self-discovery, spirituality, like just wanting to go deeper. It like helped me connect to that hunger for depth and understanding that I didn't really know that I really needed at that level. Like I always knew that I was someone that liked depth, but I didn't really understand. Like I, yeah, I I knew it, but I didn't like really, really, really understand until like, if I like got this like hunger, like fed that I didn't even know was starving, you know, all this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with my intuition here and ask you, how all this affected your sexuality and your relationships? My sexuality and my relationships, like my romantic relationships? Yes. First of all, when going into going into yoga school was what made me get out of a relationship, okay. first of all. So it, in a humongous way, affected my relationships and my sexuality and all that. Because first of all, I never understood just how much I was, I like just never understood my role in relationships and like how much I was like replaying old programming and trauma patterns and codependency and like stuff that I watched from my parents and expectations. Like I had, I didn't realize how much I was like playing that out in the way that I'm supposed to show up as a partner and the way that I'm supposed to show up, like, you know, in relationship, in the bedroom, whatever. I, I had no idea how much of like my programming and all that was affecting that until I started really awakening through, you know, what, what yoga started helping me open up to. Right. And so in that way, it was like, I just finally like let go of a lot of those, like the performances that I was participating in that I didn't even realize I was doing the. Can you give me an example of one? Performances of like, in terms of like how I think I should show up like, uh, uh, because it's going to like make my person, make my partner happy or feel good. Right. Literally like performing, whether it's like performing in the bedroom or whether it's performing in the relationship or whether it's performing in the fucking kitchen, I don't know, you know, like just like all of that. And so it just helped me like release my grip on all of these like ways that I thought I was supposed to like show up in the world. And I started becoming more and more true to myself because, you know, yoga really helps you find your true self as like cliche as it sounds. And so that 
is why it blew my mind because it helped make so much sense of how everything is connected and it helped. And by seeing how everything is connected, you're able to now find more of your truth, right? Because you see how all the dots connect and you're like, oh my gosh, like I see how everything works together. And now I can like, you know, and now I'm like becoming more whole and now I'm becoming more honest with myself. And now I'm becoming more authentic with myself, et cetera, because I'm like not fragmented anymore. I'm like, I'm becoming more and more whole and integrated. Yes. And so in that way, I feel like I was so much more honest with myself in what, what I want, what I need, what I like, et cetera, you know, and what's okay, what's not okay. So in that sense, like, of course, that would ripple into every aspect of my life. Right. Regardless. And a relationship that you had before you learned all that may not be aligned anymore. Right. Exactly. So the relationship before, like before I started this whole process, before I started like my journey of like <laughs> coming back to myself, I didn't realize how much I was like, I was not like giving myself that like equal attention, that equal, like yes. whatever, like I just wasn't like giving that to myself and I didn't know it and I didn't yeah. know it. And it was until, it wasn't until I started really doing that work that I started getting more and more in touch with myself and like literally like what I need and what I'm feeling and being honest with that, right? Because you're getting so much more in tune with yourself. I hope this is all making sense. I think part of the madness that was going in my mind before, like when I had that like panic attack, I think it was all the like, it was all of the like sirens going off in my mental, emotional, energetic, spiritual body. That was like, something is wrong. Something you're not listening. You're not paying attention to me. Like something is wrong. You're not like following your truth. Like this is wrong. This is wrong. That's wrong. And I was like, ah, and I, I didn't know what to do with that. You know, I just, it just all felt just very overwhelming, but I didn't know what was going on. But as I created that space and started taking care of myself and started doing more of that healing work, it's like, it felt less overwhelming. It felt less chaotic. And I started seeing and understanding like what's really going on and what I actually need and what I'm actually feeling and where my like intuition is actually trying to guide me in every aspect yes. of my life, whether it's my career, my relationships and so forth. Beautiful. Beautiful. So for this last segment, which we're not totally, totally at the end, but I, I want to shift to like the birth of so fit. Like mm -hmm. I want to shift to, because birthing a business that is you haven't called it this, but it feels like it's a movement mm -hmm. and you have called it this. It's a community, you know, that is very significant, particularly for Korean Americans. And you shared with me that 80% or more of your clients are people of color or Korean American. And they just, oh my God, it must, for them finding you must be like, like water in a desert. I mean, it just yeah. must be so refreshing, you know, to be in your space. I'm refreshed by being in your space and I don't have that cultural, you know, background. And so just the permission that you give them by you being you. So I would just love to like shift to hear how all of this really eventually led to birthing a whole different kind of business. Yeah. So I think, well, so first of all, right. So I started my career in fitness, then I burned out, then I started taking care of myself. Then I got into yoga and then that just opened up this whole new world of like how I see everything is connected, me becoming more and more aligned with my truth, my needs, my feelings, et cetera. That whole process of me becoming more in tune with my true self, my feelings, my needs, et cetera. I did so much healing during that part of my life and my journey. I did so much healing that I didn't even know I needed. Yeah. And I was like addicted. It was addicting. <laughs> and I'm still addicted to me too. <laughs> right. And I'm still People addicted. Ask me, what's my hobby? What are your hobbies? I'm like me. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's my like, hobby. Like actually though. Right. <laughs> no, like actually. And it's, and it's addicting in the best way. And to the point where I'm like, yeah, like where I'm going to do this, like for the rest of my life. And I'm going to teach other people how to do it too. And like, and this is it, you know, this is my path, like the path found me. And here's why it was addicting because my life mirrored in the best way possible, the healing via abundance, better relationships, better experiences, more joy, like just 
like deep into everything, like just fulfillment all around. And so it was a no brainer for me. We talk about Lillian math all the time. Cause I was actually another like Korean thing. It was like, not only was I, not only was I not like a tiny little, you know, princess, but I was also terrible at math. <laughs> my dad like used to whoop my ass all the time. Cause my math grades were so bad anyways, but so we always you had do- your own version of math. Yeah, exactly. So we always talk it. about like how I do a different kind of math. Like I just never did. I didn't get that kind of math, but I, <laughs> I totally understand a whole different kind of math. And so for me, like it was really, really simple math. Oh, the more I heal, the better my life gets. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fucking simple. Yes. <laughs> I like that equation. <laughs> right? It's like, oh my God, no fucking shit. Like this is crazy. Wow. It's that easy. That's all I have to do. And that's really the way I see it. That's the way I see it. That's, that's literally all you have to do. I fucking love this. I love you. And I fucking love this. And you, you've even simplified something that I say, and I think I need to say it like similar to you and it's over. So I say our work fuels our healing and Mm -hmm. our healing fuels our work. And it is a constant cycle and I said upward, you know, it's an upward spiral kind of cycle, but it is constant. And the people that work with me, like you're going to heal through your business. We're going to see what comes up for you. What is it bringing up for you? Where you're not speaking your truth. What, like, what are your, like all of that. And then we're going to, we're going to help you grow your business by healing you, (laughs) you know, healing your shit. And, and then that's going to fuel your work and up-level your work. If you are, you know, people I work with are coaches and healers and, you know, and all that, you know, therapists, all that kind of stuff and, and everything else in between lawyers and all that. But it all, it all feeds from a mission entrepreneur place. It all feeds the work. So, yeah. So I love the way you're putting it because really is that is like the fundamental foundational thing for everyone, not just a business owner, but just like yes. the more you heal, the better your life will be. I think that's what you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like literally that simple because it's that simple because everything is connected, which is just amazing to think about. It's like, yes, everything is connected. So what if I, since everything is connected anyways, and everything's going to affect everything anyways, why don't we just break it down? And like, let's just work on this thing. It's like the 80, 20 rule, you know, it's like, where do you, yes. that where you're, where it's going to get the best result to me? Like, I like shortcuts, man. This is why me I do too. I'm lazy I, as shit. I, yeah. I think that's why I was terrible at math. <laughs> I think that's why I was terrible at traditional math. Cause I was like, I don't have time for this shit. Like, yeah, I don't want to show like, my work. That's my, like my brain can't like do that whole thing. You know, it's like, I like, I, I want a shortcut. And to me, like shortcuts, like they make sense to me. And to me, it's like, when I get that shortcut, it makes everything else like make sense now. Like in hindsight, it's like, oh, right. Yes, of course. Like the more you heal, the more, the better everything else gets because everything is connected. And then it's just like all the dots just go off for me. Like everything just lights up at once. And so that is what I discovered right? To bring it back to birthing this new business. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I remembered that. <laughs> that <job>. is, that <laughs> is exactly where I was like, oh my gosh, like what I need to teach everybody this. I need to find a way to merge everything. I need to find a way to merge everything because the way I was healing was getting in my body. I was dancing all the time. I was yogaing all the time. I was teaching my fitness classes. That was the foundation that had to be the foundation because healing has to happen through the body and it has to happen through feeling. And you feel through your body, not your brain. And so, well, your brain too, I'm, you know, we're not getting the technicalities, but anyways, so you have to, so I was already doing that physical aspect. And then I was also learning all this you know, like then understanding the psychology and then doing the therapy and then getting the coaching and then doing all this communication work. And so that it was like me learning all these things and pulling all these things together was what was helping me heal everything at once. And it was like a lot of different threads. I was, Cause like I said, I became addicted 
right? And you're like, oh my God, I can't. Like I have so much on my plate, but but I want another modality, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I call it, I call it the healer's journey. Yeah. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, it's always like, well, what am I gonna market? Cause like I have 15 million things. Yeah, no, 100 percent It was just yeah. Like, so you have to create your own. You gotta you have to, you're distilling it to what it is that you most want to help people with, and you're just gonna like use it all. Yeah, and I use it all exactly. And and you know, and so it's like literally you know, my clients are working out with me, talking about their childhood trauma and getting astrology readings and tarot polls. I love it. A retreat. Like, it's like, it's just, it's all, it's all over the place, but it's not because everything is connected. And so that, those were all the things that made an impact on my life. And I was like, okay, how do you prescribe that to somebody? Mm. It's kind of like impossible, right? Cause it was kind of like this very personal journey, very unique. And just kind of like happened that also happened very organically for me. And like, it happened through only the, only the way that my own journey could have like, of course, inspired. And so I was like, how do I bring this all together? How do I help people like do this fitness thing, teach them yoga, but also teach them about manifesting and then teach them about programming and help them understand how their trauma is affecting their, their stuff. And then how, like, you know, how they should also use these like woo tools. to like help them connect to them, something bigger than themselves. Like, how do I do that in a way that isn't going to cost like a million dollars and take you <laughs> 10 years? <laughs> and also how do you help someone get access to those things when they don't have the kind of lifestyle and time like I did. For yeah. me, I had a very unique lifestyle and uh, whatever, like, and, and career path because I was like personal training and like working at the club. I didn't have a traditional nine to five, right? So I would like, you know, see a couple clients here. And then I would like go, you know, go to this workshop in between and like see my therapist in the middle of the day and like go and like see my healer at this time and like, and then go like dancing all weekend. Like I had a very unique lifestyle that allowed me to like do all those things, working while healing and all that stuff that I know is a very, very, very unique path. And so I'm like, I have to find a way that like the person that I want to help can do this with their nine to five job, with their family, while they're raising kids, while they're also trying to live their fabulous life of jet setting, you know, every six to eight weeks and, you know, like whatever it is that, you know, my, my clients be doing, you know, they, they do a lot of things. (laughs) So my clients be doing. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, I was like, I have to find a way to do this. And so that was where I was like, okay, how do I teach them all of these things in a way that makes sense and isn't complicated, but gets me to this place that I've gotten to, which is so much more peace of mind, self-love, feeling happy, feeling abundant, feeling rich, hot, happy, all that stuff, right? All the things that we want, like, how do I make, how do I like create that? And so that was like, that was the journey now that took hold starting in, you know, around 2011. That was like the beginning of SoFit SF. So like, I just, it's so, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's such a beautiful culmination. And of course you're still on the journey. A lot of guests are like, this is like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not done yet. Like, I'm not fully cooked. I'm like, I oh, know yeah, I'll have no. you back in a year or two. And you can, you know, tell oh, me yeah. where you are now. Cause you know, we all are what I call evolving experts, you know, we're experts and we're still, you know, on a path where we are growing. And so I just, I so appreciate meeting little, little Lillian, the big baby, apparently <laughs> in <laughs> grandma's eyes all the way through to this Lillian, who I just feel, I just feel the freedom. I feel the freedom, the physical, energetic, mental like mm-hmm. I could feel all, all the layers, the five layers, which our GFR squad is going to find out more about. I think that'll be a fun training. And also I'll let you know how, about Lillian's book and all that kind of stuff. But the, you know, I could feel your freedom and all the different layers of who you are. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like such a, you know, what you said about like how we're like, obviously 
this is just to me, like 2011 was the beginning of like just one like stop in my journey as well. And one of the things that I always say, and I've been saying, right, is we're just getting started. Yeah. Isn't that so exciting? We're just getting started because to me, like, I do feel that way. Like no matter how many milestones or whatever, it's like, shit, we're just getting started. And isn't that great? How exciting, you know, you hit your first whatever milestone. And it's like, every time you hit that milestone, you're just getting started. (laughs) Yeah. You're not coming to the end. Right. What is the, speaking of that, what is the vision like, and when I say vision, I mean, like, I feel like you get a sort of a flash vision of your future and where you want this to go, where this is going. What is that? Give us that. (laughs) As soon as you say that one word comes to my mind, compound. (laughs) And so, and and the reason for that is it's kind of like a running joke inside of our community, but it's, but it's also not right. It is. And it isn't. And, and, and here's, so I'll expand on that. So, you know, we have this beautiful community that I've been creating, growing, developing for over a decade now. And it's this like, just, it's like the, it's like the home you always wanted, right. Where you just feel like you can totally be yourself. You're so fully supported and loved, but also held accountable to like, you know, own your shit and like learn and take radical responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, but it's like so much fun and there's like this never ending learning and it's just this beautiful place. And you want it to be a place. Yeah. And, and, and everyone is just like growing and flourishing constantly, you know, and, and becoming, and, and, you know, and again, like unearthing more and more layers and levels of their potential and their journey. And we always joke how, you know, as we get older, we're going to all just have to end up like in the compound. And we don't know what that means, right? I mean, it could be a global compound in air quotes, right? Where like, we're all these like, you know, because we all love to travel. We're a very international group. You know, everyone has a dream of having a house in their home, in their motherland, you know, yeah. their hometown or whatever. And, you know, and that could look like a global network, you know, compound, or like it could look like a retreat center. But I just imagine that we have this connection and this community that continues to like feed our own personal journeys and our own personal, you know, desires, you know, for success and whatnot, just indefinitely like to support us throughout our lives. I know for me, I don't know about you, but like, I I think like dying alone was always like a fear for a lot of people, like a lot of my clients. And like, even for me, like, I remember like being young and like having that on my mind, you know, cause they te- like your brainwashed with like how, like you have to have like a partner and like, so you don't die alone and like, you know, and all these things. And, and I know a lot of my clients have expressed that that is a real fear for them of like not finding someone and like dying alone and this and that. And I honestly think that that just goes deeper than that to a core need that all of us humans have, which is need for connection and a sense of family and a sense of belonging and a sense of community. And so for me, I'm like, I just see this continuing to grow and expand and deepen in some kind of way where we can like literally have that place to like come back home to. Like we have this with our online community right now, but like a literal like physical space And it could be multiple places. It could be like, I don't know, maybe we'll buy a fucking island one day. I don't know. Maybe Lil will just like finally build her retreat center in the, you know, in the middle of some beach land, you know, some cool place for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Read tarot cards, you know, like uh, for the, for the passerbyers for funsies, you know, and I I have no idea, but I think, you know, ultimately I, I really do see like whatever that means to me there I'm, I have no attachment to like exactly what that looks like but I just always put that out there yeah of like the compound <laughs> I love it I love it Lillian this has been so fucking fun you are so fucking fun and for those of you that get to see some of our video clips of the show or if you are a member of our GFR squad you'll get to see she's you're very cool looking, Lillian. She's got the orange glasses and the pink lips and the 
I don't know if it's a temporary or permanent tattoos on your hands and symbols and fucking fun, funky nails and some kind of it looks like a skeleton mannequin uh, (laughs) over your right shoulder with the boa. I'm just going to paint the whole picture. And that's super Jack. (laughs) Super Jack. I just I just love it. This has been a delight. I can't wait for my listeners to meet you. And thanks so much, Dollface. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate you uh, just seeing me and just, you know, letting me share my ridiculousness with you, you know, unfiltered and in a very candid and authentic way. It was a blast. You are a blast. You're very welcome. What did I tell you? Isn't she just, just delightful? So delightful. And I just loved, ah, I just loved the mental, emotional, giggly sparring match that we just had with her story. It was just so fun. I want to make sure that you know that she did a special training segment for our GFR squad on the five layers of the body. She really goes into a lot of detail around it. It is the foundation for her program for the SoFit SF community. And so if you've been thinking about joining the squad, this is a good time. It's only 20 bucks a month. You can cancel anytime. You get immediate access to this training and all the other bonus trainings. And you get to hang out with me once a month on Zoom where we talk about one of the GFR commandments. Lillian's favorite one is trust yourself, trust your gut. That's number seven. And the confession question for that one is, what is my intuition telling me? And that's what we do on the monthly GFR squad call is we take that confession question and everybody shares. We get, It's a community full of people that are taking charge of looking at their own shit, <laughs> their coaches, their healers, their offers, their trainers, their lawyers, their healers. And it's just, it's really cool place to hang out. So I would love to meet you. I would love for you to come hang out with us. So check that out, gfr.life forward slash squad. The link is in the show notes. And then you'll get Lillian's discover the five layers of your body training. And also please make sure you have your GFR commandments because that's like a primer for the GFR show. And we have a link to those in the show notes. And it was really great meeting you. If this is your first time, please subscribe to the show. Make sure that you Don't miss any of the other amazing stories that we share. And if it keeps you going on your mission-driven path and it helps you heal so that everything in your life can get better, I hope that you will join us. Over and out for now.